so do anything. Okay, good morning. A good Gibbench Diar. Which uh, this year we need extra special brachas. You know, as uh, is on everybody's mind, whether we like it or not, the events going on in Eretz Hakedish and Eretz Yisrael. So I felt that the most appropriate thing to do is obviously you're fulfilling a tremendous role, which is the role of Limudat Teda, Hashkin Baharev, that is equally important as the Gashmiz War. But I think because of so much confusion and people are so overwhelmed and shocked, all of us, that uh, would be good to give a shir, you can call it that, of uh, some direction here. You know, Baruch Hashem, Magdim Ruful Lamaka, we have a Rebbe who spoke about situations like this in the past. Six-day war, Yom Kippur war, terrorist attacks, you know, time and again. And there is a lot to learn from that. You know, the Rebbe spoke, obviously, to give chizuk, but also to give hadrocha. You know, how do you respond to something like this? And this is the time where leaders rise. What you see for so many people is that we too become victims because what do you say? What do you tell people? What are we going to do? What happened? How is this such a colossal uh, um, mistake? What is the Abishta thinking? You know. So as I said, I thought it would be wise to collect the Rebbe's perspective on it. So, um, and it is uh, ultimately it starts with a Taylor perspective. But it also gives us guidelines. Now, all of you are being trained here in Kailul. At the end of the day, as the Rebbe Rashab said, Temchet Mimim, it's not just another place to learn Teda. That's a big thing. But he was training David. He was training spiritual soldiers that they would have to face, as the Rebbe Rashab says in the famous Sikhin, Tofrei Samachalaf, that the Rebbe quotes so often, to fight the spiritual wars of Ikvis and Meshicha. So it's incumbent upon us to have the Damashatoshif, to have direction and guidance. Whoever it is that you're going to be speaking to today, tomorrow. I was literally yesterday, um, yesterday and the day before, on two big Zoom calls. One was over 200 shluchim on campus, and another at night, Tuesday night, till 4 a.m., with hundreds of shluchim on Zoom. And I saw the shluchim themselves are like, you know, what do we say? What do we do? What do we. So we have obviously the, the Mufzoyim and there's things that we're supposed to do. But it's more than that. It's also showing strength. You get up in front of a kahila, what do you say to them? I was Simcha Stater myself in California. You know, so the, the Shliach asked me to speak. So what did I say? I spoke uh, words I heard from the Rebbe. Tav Shalam Medalad, Tav Shalchov Zayin, Chovches, and so on. So I think it's critical. You know, there are times we learn Lasukha, sometimes we learn Lagel Tere V'yadir, and sometimes Tere is Lasukha Shmait Alibur Dehilchas, to know how to speak to people. And again, we don't have to be machadish anything. Just have to gather the Rebbe's approach. The Rebbe taught us a methodology, not just words, not just ideas, method, a method. And I want to talk about that. I think it's critical. And as I said, we all have an Achrayis today. 
to be on the offense, not just to sit around and say, okay, something happens, we'll react to it. The Rebbe wanted always to go on offense, and you see it in every situation. So I want to just collect it all together and try to sum it up in practical terms as well. So let's begin from the beginning, which is, you know, how do you look at something like this? So we all know the famous Rambam, the Rambam that uh, is cited in Hilchus Tainis, that Rebbe brings it so often, that when a catastrophe happens to an individual or a community, or the opposite, a community or individual, Chaz Shalom, to say Mikle Niklis, it's Achzorius, he calls it. It's, in, it's inhumane, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's cruel and insensitive to call it just happened. But it's a time for a wake-up call of introspection, and so on, the Lashenis he uses there. And that's the basis why we fast. The Dalatainis, Tishabov, Shavasar Batamus, and the other Tainesi. So let's just talk about that for a second. Many people misunderstand this Rambam. They think that it means that you have to start pointing fingers and finding people's sins. You know, whether it was about the Holocaust or now. Let's find people did Avedis, so the Abish is being Mainish. That's what he means, the Fashbur is by myself. But if you read the Rambam, he doesn't say that. He says you have to look at yourself, not at others. And Bafedis doesn't even say it's an Anish. He doesn't say it's an Anish and that's why. He says you have to know that you, you the Abish made Bashgokha Pratis, it happened when you were alive in this earth and you witnessed it. Don't don't Khazbashom to ignore it. It means it has to be a wake up call. And in many ways, it's such a you say this like a statement, because on the contrary, it means that not that you caused it or someone else caused it, that you have the ability to address it, and you have the ability to counter it, and we talk, we'll talk about how, but it's actually an empowering statement that we're not victims. We're not just uh, sitting back and neighbors to dust things, and we're sitting, we all know the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe explanation in the end of Masech to Seita, where it says, after all the simonim, the negative things that will happen, everybody learns pshat, that after all the negative things, it's like a that we have no one to rely on, it's going to be so bad, that we have no one to rely on, but the Ebishter. Sounds beautiful, but Tochem Bashev, comes to Friedrich Rebbe and says, that that's also part of the problems in Ikvus and Meshichah. Of course we have to be the Shoinal of Inusha B'Shamayim. But the Ebishter also gave us keiches. For example, when the Eden broke into four different groups by Kriya, before Kriyas Yamsuf, the Mitzrim behind them, and the Yam before them, and they, they had all kinds of philosophies. Each one had their thing. This one said, let's return to, to, to Mitzrayim. This one said, let's go to war. This one says, Nipal Biyam. And one said, let's daven. What's wrong with davening? The Ebishter said, no. He said, Atem Tachrishun. Because I created you to act. And the answer ultimately was by his soul. You have to move. So the Abishta obviously gives, is, is, the, is behind all of it. But he wants us to be partners. And part of the Abishta's plan is that I'm giving you keiches. Why do we go to a doctor, Rahman al-San, if there's a, why don't we just say, sit home, the Abishta will heal. Because that's one of the ways. The Abishta is, is, is merapah. He has shluchim. The Rebbe once told a chassid who wrote to him, the Chosid asked the Eitz and the Rebbe told him to go Katsas Yididim Avinim. So he wrote back to the Rebbe, he wants the Rebbe's Eitz. And the Rebbe responded, I don't know, Bixav or Bapeh. And the Rebbe said, Vas Ardir, Vas Ardir, Azichel Emferen, Durichididim Avinim. The Rebbe said, Ichel Emferen, Durichididim Avinim. That's part of how, the, how, 
And the Rebbe says a number of times that when we're told to rely on Teva, it doesn't mean because Teva has Rishalom has an Akayach. It's a Kagarzim Biyad Achesev. It's one of the ways the Ebrister set up. He gave us Seichel, he gave us Midas, he gave us intelligence to figure out solutions. And that too comes Bekayach of the Ebrister. So that's the first thing that we have to understand. That, and this is every catastrophe. So as soon as you hear such news, and terrible news, no one's going to diminish it at all. When you hear, I don't even want to say the numbers, but we're talking about you know, over 1,200 nefoshes, innocent men, women, and children. And each one of us would have been, Nachman al-Islam, a target if you were there. Because they were looking to kill Jews, period. Mamish like the Holocaust. So you know, it's not a numbers game, obviously, because even one person is a Elam Malay. But when you hear such numbers, I mean, and then you, again, talk about how they were killed, so I'm not going to discuss all that. That's not our role to look at the news and follow every graphic detail. So it's, it's impossible for a human being that has any decency and normal sensitivity to not be shocked and overwhelmed by that. You know, just, uh, how did he allow such a thing? And of course, all our questions, how did Israel allow such a thing? How could there be such a breach of, of security, etc., etc. I mean, a simple camera in your house, you, you catch uh, someone that's walking by your house. Here you're talking about one of the most sophisticated. Uh, so these are big questions. But the Rebbe always says, and this brings me to the next point, which is continuing, that we don't ask why. We don't understand the mysteries. You know, especially as Yisrael, and the Rebbe was Matiach, time and again is the safest place on earth. In case anyone wonders, to say there's a Shinri in all this, this is based on Psukim. There's, a, there's an Ebrister. We don't have an answer, just like we don't have an answer for the Holocaust. But never think that not having an answer makes us weaker. It means there are things that are beyond our understanding. You think the Ebrister couldn't give a whole reason of why he allowed the ten Asar Aruge Malchus? When Malachim Amesha says, Ruth Terev is Ruzchara, it says, Shtek, Kacholov Machshove. Vayidimaran, which we'll talk about shortly some more about that. So, bottom line is, that's not a statement of weakness. It's a statement actually of strength. Not everything has to be understood by the human being. And we actually, Taina Ad Mosai, and we're allowed to have complaints, and we can bet that he Rotzen, that the Ebishtah be Mishanad Xedor the Rotzen. What we do ask, is not why, but what, what are we going to do about it? This is a statement from the Rebbe hundreds of times. I'll just share two, two anecdotes. One, a letter I saw in English where a doctor writes to the Rebbe, why? The big why question of the Holocaust. And the Rebbe goes, Hadichas, this point, he says, if the Ebrister wanted us to know why, he would have told us. If it's Negei and Avedis Hashem, of course the Ebrister would have told us. Why? why? Since he didn't tell us why, it means it's not negated to us to know why, to do our avid. What we have to ask is, what are we going to do about it? It's a three-page letter. It's in English. If anybody wants it, just post on the Kail group. I'll be happy to send you a, I'll put an image of the English letter of the Rebbe. At the end of the letter, just interestingly, the Rebbe writes, you may think my letter was written philosophically, you know, theoretically. You know, you are a Holocaust survivor or a Holocaust, uh, have a family of a Holocaust survivor. And I'm writing to you as a, like, you know, uh, abstract. So you should know I'm also a Holocaust survivor. I remember the exact lotion of the Rebbe, but he writes it for Fadish. I never saw it anywhere else. I lost my, he writes, he lo I lost my, uh, my grandmother, my brother, my brother, my grandmother, 
my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and other family members. Now the Rebbe writes, I'm not talking to you uh, so it's interesting to, to know that. But the whole point of the letter, if you read it well, is you are, we're not victims. And the second story I want to share is Rabbi Yisrael He was in Yechidus. First time he came to Eretz Yisrael was Tavshin Lamed It was right after Yom Kippur Muhammad. Now, you're all, you know, I think the only two people in this room old enough to remember that. Um, and... Um, it's just, we know that Yom Kippur Muhammad, so the Rebbe asked him, the Rebbe said, I, I heard the story straight from him. The Rebbe asked him to sit down. He was then a Rav in Netanya. He was the chief rabbi of Netanya, lady who had become the chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe asked him to sit down, and the Rebbe, one of the first questions the Rebbe asked him is, what's the Matzav Ruach? What's the mood like in Eretz Yisrael? I have to remember, in stark contrast to Muhammad Sheshe Sayyam, the Six-Day War, which created a tremendous euphoria, and he said to us, in the Rebbe's words, you talk about Shefer Godel, I say to us, you could have, even say that the Balshuva movement in America, and, and so much the status of Gein Yankov that happened after in 1967, it was like, my miracles in six days of Hulu. In contrast, the Yom Kippur War, mistakes were made, there was arrogance, it was surprise, similar, uncannily similar 50 years later. And Baruch Hashem, everything turned around, but there were over 2,000 nefoshes. It was not good. So the Matzah Ruach was not a pleasant one, even though they didn't one and so on, but it came at a great cost. So, so he, the Rebbe asked him, what's the Matzah Ruach? So his answer was that Eden Fregn was Zain. That's what the Rebbe said. The way he tells the story is that the Rebbe grabbed his wrist like this. He grabbed Rabbi Lau's wrist. I said to him, Rav Lau, by Eden Frechmanish was with Zain, with Frech was getting ton. Not my yeah, my nasa. Not what, 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 what will be, but what are we going to do? <coughs> Think about this. This is like not just a, this man, it's not just a militia, a different change of expression. A victim asks, what's going to be? You throw up your arms, ain't long shine. What's going to be? A leader never asks what's going to be. A commander in chief does not ask what's going to be. Okay, we have a setback. It sort of happened. What are we going to do about it? So this is a, this is a uh, an attitude that I would say without question that the Rebbe didn't just say it. Obviously, the Rebbe is the leader, but he taught us to be leaders. This is the language. This is the ruach. This is the way we look at things. When we don't lie down and die. We may not have answers, and that's the first thing we need to acknowledge. Because many people are going to ask that question. They'll say to you, Rabbi, you know God. Well, how did God allow such a thing? His own people. And the answer is we don't have an answer. We can't answer that question. And no answer will be sufficient also. I think it was the Alta Belzerebbe that said that even if the Abish wanted to explain to him why, this, why the Holocaust happened, he wouldn't want to hear. As if what? We're going to get up to Sikhlis? Why Rahman al-Islam, six million and one and a half million kinder, etc.? There's no Hasbara. And that's not weakness. We, 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 the Jewish people, are here today, are here today for one and one on one reason. We suffered. This is not the first time we suffered, unfortunately. Besides the previous wars, and before that, uh, the, the Holocaust, and before that, the pogroms, and before that, the Inquisition, and the whole Middle Ages, the Crusaders. And I go back all the way. Every empire, the Romans, Golis Edem, Edem, before that, the uh, Persians, and before that, the Babylonians, and the Assyrians, and the Greeks. 
You go back to Mitzrayim, to the Egyptian Empire. What was, what we suffered more than anyone. And the biggest question is, none of those empires are here today. They have bigger armies and more arms and more, and more money and, more, and land. Mamish, my tremendous empires. Not one of them is left. We have no answer. We have no descendants from them. Yes, we have children, but but no one relates to them. And here we are, Everyone asked that question. What's the answer? Because we didn't just have physical power. We had Why? Because the men made chesbenus. When Pari made the Gzeda to kill the boys, so like all anti-Semites make the mistake that our power is the men. They're strong. Weapons, they can go to arm. They can challenge you. And Pari heard from his uh, stargazers that Mashiach Shal Yisrael will rise, will be a Zohar, a man. So he said, kill all the men. He didn't realize, thank God, that our power is not in, in brute strength. He thought women and children you could subdue, and that's that. It was the woman that said, we're going to have children... Even though there will be Yerchman al-Islam, there were plenty that were killed and thrown into the, the Nile River. But the Gemara says in Seita, they went out to the fields. And of course, the most important, Moshe Rabbeinu, Yecheved, put him in a basket on the water. And, and he was the most important one of all. In other words, the Amun Apshuta, that you can't destroy with weapons. That does not, that's not statistical. That's not about numbers. And we're here because of that. So we have to explain to people that yes, we have to have a strong army, and we have to do everything, absolutely, we don't turn the other cheek, we will defend ourselves, just for the record, Abzalm is not working, walking out because he's protesting, he has a shlichus, Look, I want to tell them that, you're not walking out because you're protesting what I'm saying, no, I know, no, that happens sometimes, you know, you speak and somebody walks out, as a angry, uh, I hear the case, I've had that, um, I've had plenty of uh, Palestinian and, and Muslim followers on YouTube who are doing exactly that now. Every time I post something, we post something. Anyway, that's time, uh, a, a word from our sponsor here. Um, but back to the topic at hand. Um, so the statement we make, and again, I'm taking this all from the Rebbe's approach. I'm not, I'll quote some sikhs shortly, more details. So our approach is, number one, is we must respond. Number two, we're leaders. We have to be proactive, not reactive. We're not on the defense. And finally, what I'm saying right now is, Yaakov Avinu prepared three ways when he met, met Esau and realized that Esau was still with Meish and he was coming to fight with him. He prepared through tefillah. He prepared a bribe to appease him, which, and he prepared for Muhammad. So thank God he didn't need Muhammad at the time. So you could say, why did he just he dive into the Abishta? What's the, Why is that not enough? Because as I said before, it's not just Phil. The Abishta says, yes, pray to me, and then go out to war if you need to. So there, Baruch Hashem, he, could do, he, he solved it with a bribe, with appeasing him, with the matonis, which is also B'derech Didn't just rely. And we, so we prepare for war. We're not like the thing people say, oh, you're ma'amaymin. You don't, you, you just lie down. How many people accuse Jews of Manu Islam? We went like slaughtered to the sheep to the concentration camps. Chaz v'sholem, not like that. We hate war, and we hate blood, and we hate anything that's negative. We're not warriors. Kiseitzilim ulchama, the Rebbe explains. You go out to war, it's not you. It's outside of you. And it's alei vecha. 
And that's where the Ebishter will help us. But as when you have to, you have to. We, we lock our doors. We're, we're prudent people. We're not idiots. We're not blind, just blind faith and say, you know, I'll go outside and expose myself and be vulnerable to the enemy. No, there are enemies. And we'll talk about that again in a few moments more about Simon Shinchov test. But at the same time, we also know that the Mocham is also a Ruchin one. And why we're here today, Am Yisrael Chai, is Ani Hashem Leishanisi, Ubnei Yisrael Leichalisam. Why is that a definite? Because we're connected to Ani Hashem Leishanisi. So, Rahman al even with our losses and even when there's tragedy, it doesn't change the Nitzchis because the connection, So, our response has to be what are we going to do? And that's the statement of a leader. Not what's going to be, and everybody wrings their hands and cries. Yes, Eislifke is a time to cry. Even Rahman al when you sit Shiva, you have to sit Shiva, but it's not weakness. That's recognizing with respect and dignity. And sensitivity, the pain, the Ebishter created us as human beings, and there's pain when there's loss. For someone that doesn't have pain when there's loss, even at Sadi Gomer Mamash, who knows the Daselian, also sits Shiva. The Rebbe sat Shiva for the Rebbe and for other losses that he had. It's not like you say, oh, the Ebishter is Hamzul the Teva, why do we have to cry? That's not the, that's not the case, we cry. However, that doesn't weaken us, that's, on the contrary, it creates more strength. So indeed, what do you see? All this was not just theory. What did the Rebbe do after every war that was fought in Nez Yisrael? People may not know this, but all the Mifzayim came as a result of the wars in Nez Yisrael. The first was Mifzat film. So the Rebbe turned that into a whole Mifzah. Of course, based on the Pasuk, V'roh Kalame Oris, Kishem Alekecha, Zinikaralecha, V'yarim Emeka. Mifzat film. This, this was in addition to the physical war. The Rebbe said, we also need the Ruchnizdike after the terrorist attack in Tov Shalom and Gimel on Malot, in northern Eretz Yisrael, in a school where many children were killed. Again, it's not guaranteed, but like the Rebbe explained, like a helmet, it's an additional form of spiritual protection that is necessary just like physical protection. Toshalam Adal comes the Yom Kippur War, or the other three Mifzayim, first five Mifzayim, Mifzatayra, Bayes Malas Fari, Mifzatzdaka, all in Toshalam Adalat. In Lamed Hay came the Mifzayim for the women Neshek, Chala, and Neir Shabbos Kedish Vyantif, Taras Mishpacha, and Kashrus. And Lamed Vav was Shnas Achinuch, and the end of the Lamad Vav, the final 10th Mifzah, Mifzah Avis Yisrael. Look at the times. Why couldn't the Rebbe start Mifzah Avis Yisrael and Tavshel Chof? But the Avis Yisrael is the Yisrael. It was very clear that Yisrael wasn't just because to help Yisrael, because Yisrael is the center of the world for all of us. For Eden, for the, for the whole world. As we see, we daven toward it. So everything happens in Yisrael and affects every person on this earth, especially Eden. So we strengthened through this Mifzayim, we help at Yisrael. It was all connected to the wars. Now, would the Rebbe have come out with the Mifzayim if there were no Muhammad? Maybe. But it's interesting, it always came right after, which is a statement of itself. Now, what do we try to preserve? Not the Tzad that happened, and there was Tzad in each of these cases, what we build from it. Which is why when we say Yisker, anyone who says Yisker, 
and, um, and other things, you always see, you always connect it to a mitzvah. Because we don't just talk about what's missing. What did the Rebbe say when they, they, the people said, let's leave an empty chair by the Seder for those that were lost in the Holocaust? And the Rebbe came out and said, why leave an empty chair? Fill the chair with an id. Bring someone to be at the table. You don't just remember the vacuum, that which was lost. What would that id who was taken from us be doing now? He would have built families and he would have his own seder. So what's the best way to honor him is not just to honor that he's not here, is to bring someone. You see, constantly, and I can give, I mean, thousands of examples. But it all comes down to, you see a method from the Rebbe that was consistent, that the negative things have to be turned into positive things. And that's empowering. I said this, Mamish, uh, you know, we're dancing our coffers. You know, the, the tragedies happened Shabbos morning. It's just so Yontov was already over Matzai Shabbos, but we asked Yontov continued Sunday. So by, by the, before that coffers, I spoke about this, or before Davide, I remember now exactly. And you can't imagine, I saw the reaction of people. It's not, it didn't take away from the Tsar. We all know what happened was terrible. But it gives you a sense of uh, confidence. And a key word to remember is that victim is not only that person gets killed, it's all of us that remain, and if you get demoralized, in the words of the Al-Tareb and Tanya, Atzvus, that doesn't bring any Tayelis, it comes from the Yetzirah. That's part of, uh, and people actually say, Hamas and terrorists, that's what they want. They want to create panic in the hearts of people. Because panic is powerful. When you see in Muhammad, one of the Taksis in Muhammad is not just weapons, it's psychological war. It's to get the other side to be weak. Whereas the Al-Tareb gives the classic example in Pedek Chavav, that when two people are wrestling, and one person is weak, even if he's stronger, he's going he's gonna to lose. Because you have to have the morale, you have to have the, the, the clarity, you have to have the strength. So that's why it's just as critical. If an army is demoralized, they can have all the weapons in the world. They can have all the power, firepower. They can have larger numbers. They will not succeed. You have to have strength and confidence. The Rebbe would bring often the, the custom that used to be in armies of old. They would sing a march of Netzachim a victory march before they even started the first battle. What kind of Seder is that? You didn't even fight a battle. How do you know you're going to win? Because that's how it is. Like, like the Tur says about uh, Rosh Hashanah, we wear levshim levenim because we know Umazu knows uh, with the Russian there is the personality of the Eberster that, we'll, that we will be menatzeach. We don't have to wait till the end. All this is the building of strength and confidence that we know, no question, that we are going to win. When someone has that, that is critical. I can tell you, I saw in the faces of people, all of us, when you have that attitude, again, it doesn't take away from the challenges, but it gives you keiches to deal with the challenges. Like we say, we don't have answers, but we have what we have. We're not, we're not looking for answers, we're looking for strength. So these are some of the key points in the main approach to it. But I want to now quote and bring it down to a little more... Uh, there's history and also some background. So when the Rebbe spoke about, and I did, a, not just now, but in the past, a lot of research on the Sikhs, especially after the Six-Day War, before the Six-Day War, and then Yom Kippur. So we all know the Sikhs are going around, um, especially the ones that Rebbe spoke, Yud Gimel Tishrei, Tav Shalom and then Shabbos Cholam Sukkis that the Rebbe spoke uh, that year. But you see a pattern where the Rebbe speaks about, especially I'm going to talk about the Tosh Chavzayin now, where the Rebbe Befeidish called it Yitoka B'Shefer Godl. 
That's what the Rebbe said. Hoye bayemahu yitoka b'shefer gadol. That's the Six Day War. The Netzachim. That's a big statement. The Rebbe is using a nevua about Mashiach on a war that was fought in Eretz Yisrael. I mean, this unbelievable asis. If you want to check out the second fabring in Shabbos Bereishis. <coughs> Hemshach to Simchaste. That year, Simchaste was was Shabbos. Um, I'm sorry, Friday, Friday. So then we go right into Shabbos Bereishis. And Shabbos Bereishis, the Rebbe would have two fabrengins, the fabrengin, the regular one thirty fabrengin, and the fabrengin before the shkia. That would be when the Rebbe would wash the keshel bracha, etc. That fabrengin is, my opinion, one of the must-read fabrengins. And also a second one, Yutas Kislev Tavshin Chavches, which is similar ideas. The Rebbe speaks about a lot of very sadistic things. And the painting that he said there, that I was looking in, the Rebbe says, I was looking in Sefer Ma'amorim Yiddish, and there's a mimer there, um, I forgot the postage about, not Shefer Godel, Shefer Stam, and I realized that the Shver, the Rebbe the Shver, is saying Nevoa, open Nevoa. Because he describes there some psukim in the Shaya, some of the psukim of the Yehudim, Lashed Lave on Muhammad, the first war, the first world war, rather, the second world war. And then the Rebbe says, the Rebbe used the word Nevoa. And then the Rebbe says that Apizah, the six-day war is the other possible. There it's Shefer Stam. Mamisha, unbelievable uh, explanation of how you look at the 20th century, the wars. It's not justifying the wars, it's understanding behind the scenes, the inside story, so to speak. And the Rebbe identifies the six-day war, Yitokah B'Shei for God. But it's there, Vardarei B'Shter, the Rebbe said, for the fulfillment of the end of the Pasuk. Now what? It says, Yitokah B'Shei for God, Uba'a Evdim Eretz Asher, Unidochim Eretz Mitzrayim, Lishtach V'Sal HaKotchi. Will there be the Lishtach V'Sal HaKotchi? In other words, the Ebeshter does Yitokah B'Shei for God, the, the wake-up call. Now, are we going to respond? And we need to respond. Yutas Kislev Chovchas, you can mamish see the Rebbe's tremendous tsar. I would call it even, I don't know if he uses the word, but definitely the word Bechiel Adetis. Because the Rebbe says, on Leider mit nicht ezgenutzt, his daft zayin, this, his damus. I was a little kid, Chovzayin, I was 10 years old, 11 years old, uh, 10 years old. But I remember the Sikhs of Nun, Nalaf, Nubez, obviously, very well. And there the Rebbe speaks Mashiach. I would be ready to say that Tov Shechov Zayin and Tov Shechov Ches, based on the Rebbe's Sichas, was probably the biggest Eisrotzen for Mashiach, stronger even than Nunu Nalaf. Obviously, the further you go, you get closer to the Gula. But I mean, in the, in the, the, the Aseus, Mamish the Rebbe saw his Damnus here for a wake-up call for the Gantz Klal Yisrael and for the whole world. The Shtach was which is Mamish the Gula. You have to see the sikhs inside and you'll see what I mean. So what do you see from this? That yes, the war was a miraculous war. But the bottom line, the Rebbe saw it all as steps toward the Gula. And but we have to do our part. I, I don't like to say this, especially in a time when we have to be united and have to be complete ba'adus and definitely not critical. You know, speak only bishvach and shal Yisrael. But without question, all the sikhs of the Rebbe and the crying, and the yelling, and the, everything about Shlemus Oretz that would come in the years afterwards, especially in the Lamids and the Mems, the Nun, you know, Shlemus Oretz, is all began, because the Rebbe felt 
that if you nipped it in the bud then and it was used properly, we wouldn't have all these tzadahs. I was a, boch, a, a kid. I was 14 years old when I went to Israel the first time. This was Tavshin Aleph, 1971. So we're talking about, what is it, uh, five years after the Six-Day War. I could tell you, there was Bechlal, not an issue, not even a Havamina, can go anywhere. I went to Shah Shechem, I went to Hebron, I went to Shechem, wherever. I took Arab taxis, I took Arab buses. You know, that Chala, you know, something's not even a Havamina, not just today, of the last Chvesh. Mamish Noisha, I was a 14-year-old kid, clearly a Jewish boy, wasn't even told, be careful. Because the pacha that they had, they were losers of the war. So I'm sure the sinner was there, don't get me wrong. But they understood there's a winner and a loser, as the Rebbe said, as Aid, as Aid and Ezra Because they saw. What changed? How suddenly did get the chutzpah to attack Eden? It's because we allowed them to. We showed vulnerability. When you, try, you treat the loser and you make them feel like a winner, what do you think is going to happen? Imagine after World War II, after everything the Churm, the Nazis, the Germans created. And America would say, or the Allies would say, we'll give you conditional surrender. After we bombed all your cities, we've won. But conditional surrender, save face. To save face and your pride. No, it was unconditional surrender. There's an expression like that. Absolute unconditional. You could say, why not have Rahmanis? You already destroyed them. Because if you give the enemy who started a war against you, even one, one, even a crumb, even a brekala, anything, the next thing is they feel, oh, you know what? Maybe I didn't really lose. When there's a war like that, there has to be clear terms. There's right and there's wrong. There's a winner and there's a loser. This is a rule in all psychology. It's a rule in all business <laughs> negotiation, in anything. Not because we want to be achzorim and step on your, on your head. But, but you have to know. And if you don't, creates big problems. But the Rebbe cried out and said then, they're already offering the keys back to the Mufti and the Arabs on the Temple Mount. It wasn't because the Rebbe was just a strong, they say, hawk, and a right wing, very, uh, you know, that everything belongs to Eden. Because the Rebbe understood human psychology, basic human psychology, especially as saying you win a war, you win a war, and that's that. And you dictate the terms. You don't have them dictate the terms. The terms would be menschlich. What do the Allies end up doing? They rebuild Germany, they rebuild Japan with billions and trillions of dollars. That's what they ended up doing to their own enemy. But it's on our terms, not on your terms. Not because you have the right, but because we want to give you the right. And this was, unfortunately, a tremendous mistake. Now, today is not the time to talk about this. Because we're not here to look at our, what mistakes we made. Now's the time of total achdus. We have to be one mamish, support everything. But I'm saying it to you, even though it's, I know it's recorded and all that, because we need to know behind the scenes. When the Rebbe said this, he wasn't saying it to point fingers. Even Tavshin Lamedalet, when the Rebbe says befetish, that the events happening today are why did Lama Hashem Kacha, the Rebbe says Shleimus Aretz, and the Rebbe said Mi Yehudi, if you look at the Sikha. So people asked me, Shulchim asked me yesterday, a few days ago, the Rebbe saying, I mean, the, the blood was still warm from all the, all the casualties. They didn't even bury the bodies yet. The Rebbe's like pointing fingers. It's not, it doesn't sound characteristic. So I said, Chaz Shalom. We think it's like when those that say that the Holocaust happened because the Eden were not religious or they did Avedis, so they were to punish them. 
So mama is something that Rebbe Sheila Mufrich Legamri, the Rebbe says, Vayichi, Shmei, Stav, Shinunal. So the Rebbe is saying such a thing. No, the Rebbe, as a Rebbe, is telling us the Emes. And as they say, when the, when the Tata lent, the Rebbe wasn't saying it as an Einish. Sibam is You open up your living room to someone who's your enemy, what do you think is going to happen? It's just a matter of time. Someone that declared war on you is your saint. And here comes Simon Shin Chavtes, which again, I don't know how much it's appreciated. I, I've used it many times. I remember years ago, I spoke for a group of young Zionists, what they call Young leaders that were going to be politicians, or lawyers, and so on. And they were secular. They wanted me to present um, the Rebbe's approach. So I presented it, and you should see how they reacted. I, and I used what the Rebbe said. I know time is limited here, so maybe I'll have to do another share. Next, hopefully next week, this will be over. We don't have to talk about it anymore. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. But, so I said like this. The Rebbe many times emphasized that when he talks about Eretz Yisrael, there's two separate things here. There's Eretz HaKedosh, there's the first Rashi in this week's Pasha, that, you know, and the Rebbe said that is the Teira, and religious argument, so to speak. But then there's a logical argument that has nothing to do, simple, poshet, human nature. And Sima Shinchov Tess says that if you have a sworn enemy, even if they come to you, Al-Kash V'Tevin, you have to mobilize even on Shabbos. Why? They're coming to you to negotiate. They want to deal commerce with you. What's, what's them all? Because they're a sworn enemy. They're guilty until proven innocent. If it's not a sworn enemy, it's another story. No, it's, it's understanding you have an enemy does, not, enemy does not mean they're attacking you every second. It means they could attack you every second. That's the point. And the Rebbe said the Fetish that the Gemara says, I feel a bit not a door. I feel a in other words, this is not a din nerz Yisrael. This is not about Kedushas Oretz, Shlemus Oretz. This is about the fact that anywhere in the world, actually the Sima Sheikh of Tess, I don't know if you know this, Crown Heights in Tov Sheikh of Tess, Achen Pesach, when the Rebbe spoke about not leaving Crown Heights, he uses the same Sima Sheikh of Tess. You can't put Eden in Sarkon. And wherever it may be. So I explained to them that this is a halacha take, but it's halacha that is a tremendous lesson. I could, you can could even call it a military strategy or in human psychology. You have to understand an enemy. Never, un- never underestimate an enemy. Would you allow an enemy to move into your living room? They say, I only want your living room for a night. Of course not. That's ridiculous. What would happen if Mexico moved into the United States like what happened last Shabbos in Simcha State and Ejtisra? What do you think would happen? Or any sovereign country. So the Shema Shinchav test is such a uh, tremendous uh, lesson. I know many people, I don't want to repeat, but Chassidim told me, why is the Rebbe keep repeating Shema Shinchav Tesh? It's not an obsession. It's Poshet reveals the real facts on the ground. Hamas was an enemy only since Ansim Chasteira, you know? And maybe that was one of the mistakes. We let our guard down. We thought they changed. But enemy doesn't change unless you know it very clearly. You need proof that they changed. If in their charter it says, calling for the destruction of every Jew, and all that it's Yisrael, they didn't change that. It doesn't matter what they're saying. So I don't know. I'm not trying to analyze, again, mistakes that were made. The point that we have to have is show strength. And this is not because we're right-wing extremists or right-wing and we like war. No one likes war. We'd rather not have any war. Like some of the people have been saying, if our enemies lay down their arms right now, you'd have total peace. I mean, sincerely, we'd have total shalom. If Israel laid down their arms, what would we have? Unbelievable what we could have. Whatever you saw would be nothing compared to the Ritzichis. Annihilation. 
So the point being is that the strength that we have is a gash mizdike, but also a ruch mizdike, and we have to be proactive. And most importantly, I want to say, since I'm, there's more to talk about, and I, I didn't cover everything, maybe we'll talk more if uh, need be, that you have responsibility. I'm saying to you now, I'm speaking to everyone sitting here and anyone listening to this. We have to be leaders. That's what the Rebbe trained us to be. And when do you see a leader in times like this? You know, in calm times, you can't always distinguish who's who. But in a time of crisis, in a time where people have questions, and I can tell you, I have received thousands, if not more even. Can't tell you how many questions. I go simply, for many years, I was a chazer, I was a maniach, I, I'm pretty familiar with the Rebbe's approach. So I feel confident that I use that to know how to speak it. You don't have to translate it. You have to know how to communicate it. You're mechuyiv, asachiv, in my opinion. That you have to understand the Rebbe's approach very well. You have to integrate it. You have to know how to communicate it to people. Whether it's issues about, we start hearing again, the, the, the shluchim on campus are suffering terribly. Their own Jewish students. Some of them don't come now to Chabad because they're pro uh, the other side. Israel is the criminal. What do you say? Now, there's some people you can't talk to. They have no seichel. They're completely brainwashed. But there are people that are not brainwashed. You have to know what to say to them. It's part of uh, our Aveda, especially in a time like this. So it's critical that you inform yourself and feel responsible that we have to be soldiers. You know, I said, Mechemes Beis David, Kali Yitzel Mechemes Beis David. We are also tzava. And the Rebbe said time and again, the only reason a person shouldn't be enlist themselves in Sahal is because we're soldiers in the Ruchanis they confront. But if instead you're sitting and eating falafel or shawarma and sleep till 11 o'clock, no, you have no right not to go into the battle. And I'll conclude with one story that happened with my shver. My shver was here in the United States in 19, came in 1947 with uh, Saul Goldschmidt and, um, and, uh, and uh, Mordechai Dubinsky. There are three bochim from uh, Tel Aviv. They lived with Rabbi El. They were all there in the Tel Aviv Chabad community. They came in Tavshin Zion. My shver writes about this in his uh, Yaman. Uh, Heske Gansberg. Gansberg. Brother Ishke Gansberg and Leib. The war, 1948, the War of Independence broke out in Israel. And my shver's father writes to my shver, your blood is not more precious than your brother's blood. Like they're going to battle, you have to come back to Israel and go to the war. Now there's a Chabad Chassidim. But it was by Chabad, it was a, a given that, that when times like this, this is what you have to do. But of course, as the Rebbe, as the Friedrich Rebbe was. So Mashver asked the Friedrich Rebbe what to do. The Friedrich Rebbe wrote back, or uh, it was Balper, Bixav, I don't, I'm not sure. This is what he told him. He said, an arik, a deserter in time of war is not someone who doesn't fight. It's someone who leaves his position. So if someone, for example, is running the, the communications for the, for the army, the military, and he says, no, I want to go to the front line and, and become a tankist or something like that. that that's the called deserter. You have a position. We're relying on you in communications. If someone has a job in the administration or intelligence and so on, so the physical Rebbe said, your role in this time of war is to be also a part of the war. And since you're here, Bajor Ha'chaprez, to learn Teda, and wake up early, etc., learn Teda with the same passion that the soldiers are, and that's just all going to battle. It's a tremendous answer. And if not, the doesn't say this, but I'm saying this. And if not, then in the Hanami, what are you, just hanging around because you don't want to be in danger? That's not the approach. You have to be part of it. What did the Meisha tell God and Ruven? says, you want, you want this land? You're going to have to fight and you have to be part of the war. There's no such thing as pulling away. So we're all warriors here. It's just a question in what fashion. And we have to have that attitude. 
And you can't imagine what kind of effect it has on people. So we have to feel like we are right now, the front lines near Gaza, and putting our bimesa nefesh. Mesidus nefesh here, thank God, is not sarkonis nefoshis. But, it's, but it has to be that approach. And if you don't have that approach, then I would say we're not fulfilling the Rebbe's directives. That's why the Rebbe, in all these, during all these times, he does not say, okay, you know what, we'll daven and we'll learn and we'll ignore what's going on. We're very much part of it. So everybody has, so this is a time where Ashliach, Chassid, has to rise to the occasion and do exactly as the Rebbe instructed us, which of course, I'll just conclude with Maise Bepeil, the Maise Bepeil, Maisim, the Rebbe Mifzit film, Mezuzah, obviously, things like Zoka, learning more Teda, and of course, Agdus, Agdus, obviously, Son, Agdus, Israel. We all know that probably needs the most work, even in Israel and also here. So we have to do whatever we can to repair these rifts. I want to talk more about this, but I don't want to infringe on your, let's say, uh, leisure time, even though it's a time of war. So, but, uh, but, uh, huh? Yeah, no, I understand. Okay, but I think we have to take it very seriously and understand that this is a time where we have to rise to the okay. We have to mobilize ourselves and enlist in the Tzibbutz Hashem battle of Kol Amayetz and Mechemes Beis David. Eibishter should help. Leon and Yishin should already have Rachmanes and protect firstly all the people sacrificing their lives for Eden. Be Menachem and give strength to the families that were shattered here. And of course the Neshamas that were taken. What could you say? Our hearts are broken with them. And Mekan al-Lahabo should only be simchas and brachas. People point out that the posik tovshim peydalad and teyre, I have to look inside what the exact posik is, but it talks about destroying our enemies and shmiras Yisrael. Someone pointed that out to me. I didn't look it up. They just said, look in tovshim peydalad, the posik tovshim peydalad, somewhere in Dvorim. And should only have brachas and we should march to the gula mitis v'ashleim v'bukaru v'mamash.